cliffcentral.com. It's time for us to get to uh, someone who is well worth listening to. We get to see him at least every two weeks, and he has valuable information for us on what's going on in the African continent. He's none other than JJ Cornish, and here he is. Hello, JJ. How are you, sir? Bonjour to you. I'm immensely well, thank you. It is very good to see you. We have much to catch up on, and I know Jason Goliath is as interested as Bakabantu and I about all the things that you're going to tell us. So let's take a look at what's going on uh, in Zimbabwe. I believe <laughs> Emerson Nangagwa had a huge party uh, for his 81st birthday, and his wife's name is Auxilia. Did you know that? I did not. I'm sure he, he, he plugged That's... in the auxiliary. <laughs> his his wife's name is Auxilia. Is that right, JJ? Well, well, she's a doctor now. He gave. I think that is right. Yeah. Huh. yeah the Zimbabwe names are something else. You know, we huh. think sort of rain and hope and stuff huh. like that, but they have huh. much more complicated names. Obviously, they consult the Encyclopedia Britannica and choose the longest one in many cases. So they had a party for uh, Emerson in State House in Harare, and he was surrounded by family, government officials, dignitaries. He received gifts of paintings, an antique St. Petersburg imperial porcelain plate, and from his sons, an all-expenses-paid fishing trip where they will join him. Now, that's a nice family present, isn't it? That isn't it just, yeah. I, don't, I, <laughs> I know that tiger fishing in, yes. in Zimbabwe, well, certainly when it, the brief time I spent there was hugely important. But you, the the size of the beer crate you took on board the boat uh, <laughs> out, not, outweighed the the fishing tackle, you know, by a factor of one hundred. Yeah. So basically, you got snot flying drunk and uh, tried to avoid the tiger fish biting you when you pulled it on board because they're terrifying fish. You know, got huge teeth, and you really need. I, like a sledgehammer or, I, I don't know, thermonuclear device to, to put them under. stun them, to get them aside. Yeah, and then I don't think they're edible either. So it was, you no, know, no. the the uh, legless chasing the inedible. Uh, well, so, I wouldn't go tiger fishing. So, JJ, I mean, you could draw the analogy that a tiger fish is almost like a ZANU-PF veteran, an old man like Emerson and Gagwe. Big teeth, takes a lot to take them down. Uh, we had the election, and I know you made some comments about the election the last time we spoke, but perhaps now with a couple of weeks uh, of retrospect, we can actually look at this and, and put together the real story. Uh, another area, era of brutal repression, maybe? What do you think? Sad to say, that is what we're moving into. Uh, you know, Menangagwa is saying we have peace, love, harmony, and tolerance. None of those are true. Uh, we've had... Uh, <laughs> Forced abductions, people brought, taken into buckies, hidden away, driven somewhere, tasered, uh, and then beaten. We've had uh, 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 one figure, Maureen Nkadmangunga, she was charged with attempted murder, appeared in court, and the judge said, hang on, there's absolutely no evidence. I suppose Russell Brand would hope for a judge like yeah. that, you know, in his day. <laughs> but, you know, they're just absolutely appalling. The observers have now left. Well, I think there might be some a very few number of the absolute long-term observers. Normally, you know, you have the observers there for about three weeks at the most. Uh, and once they've gone, now Emerson believes he can behave any way he wants. Uh, here, back in South Africa, I mean, I know every Zimbabwean I speak to just breathes a sigh of relief at being in the freedom-loving People's Republic south of the Limpopo River. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, many of them, they're... they're uh, 
Zimbabwe extension uh, permits are now going to expire, and they fear that they might be deported because those extension permits were uh, renewed again and again and again. Were extended three times last year, I think. Jeez. And but the but the Home Affairs are saying, well, don't think for a moment that they're going to be deported. Don't believe those rumours. So we have very frightened people south of the Zimbabwe and absolutely terrified people north of the Zimbabwe. And that is the way things have been now for a long time, sad to say. Um, JJ, it's always good to uh, to check in on our northern neighbor. And, and I'm afraid there haven't been that many stories that we can, you know, proudly uh, hold up as, as examples of, of democracy. But... Um, Zimbabwe just seems to carry on regardless. Uh, you know, it's an, it's an amazing thing. There are such resilient people there who uh, come thick or thin, they just carry on. doesn't matter what the government do, what they say. They've survived Mugabe. They're now surviving Nangagwa. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty wild place. It is a wild place, and they are quite remarkable people. You know, I spent one year there. It was under Ian Smith, and, and you know, I was absolutely amazed at the people I met there. But since going back, you know, I went back at that time after Lancaster House. I covered that uh, yes. very important conference and uh, those negotiations. And then there was this boom, and the buildings went up, and, you know, everything looked fantastically rosy. And then suddenly Mugabe was challenged, and, and then he brought in the the uh, removal of the white farmers and destroyed what was the mm. bread basket of Southern Africa, Southern and Central Africa, and turned it into the basket case of the continent. Now that was very sad to see, and I've I've been through in those stages to see, but the people. You know, they just go out onto the streets and sell what they can to stay alive. And they do. They are the great survivors. Uh, it's a pity that people of so such enterprise, I mean, their education system until quite recently was way superior to ours. So that, it, you know, you knew that if you ever went to a restaurant and you chatted with the waiter who understood your puns and your bad jokes and came back with even better ones and who could talk politics with some kind of knowledge, you knew that you had a Zimbabwe waiter, mm. you know. Uh, and he was probably that, probably an engineer in back home, you know. Yeah, yeah, or brain surgeon. Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. <laughs> Many of them, yeah, Ser right. serving double espressos. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just it's really very depressing for so many people from Zim who have these incredible educations. They have a contribution to make, and here in South Africa, they'll take whatever employment they can get. Um, JJ, what we do every week is we also try to get uh, the, the long perspective on things. And in Congo Brazzaville, which is not the DRC, it's on the other side of the river, um, there's been one guy in charge. He's the third longest serving president on the continent, uh, Ngueso, right? Um, so. Denise Ngueso, yes. Yeah, so, so what's been happening there? Because I heard that there were rumors of a coup attempt, just like we have had in almost every episode of African analysis for the last five years in some part of Africa, there's some coup attempt. Is this one for real? Well, we've had what eight in the past three years. So oh. the thing about it is, uh, and, and this is the time for coups. Uh, you go off to the United Nations general assembly for a period of time and come back and uh, uh, find yourself in a jail cell. But the thing about Denis Sassou Nguesso, he, he took power in a coup. Back in 1979. Yeah, it's like but those, then he lost. It's like those relationships that start with cheating usually end with yes. cheating, right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> that. Exactly that. 
But now, he, you know, I mean, it, and it's a, a remarkable country across uh, over the river from the, the the giant of Central Africa, whatever whatever you feel about the DRC. Yeah, uh, he lost power in a nineteen uh, in a ninety two election and then re, re, returned in ninety seven. So essentially, with that five year gap from nineteen seventy nine until today, he's been there thirty nine years. And uh, you know, uh, uh, I think it was the, the famous Barack Obama who said, "If you can't get." What you want to do as president in two terms, you should get out of the way because you're not going to get it done. You know, if you spend the, your time as mm. life president, and 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 the bongo père et fils, the son and father, are there to prove that to you, and they're the latest yeah. coup victims. Yeah, you've been to Brazzaville. Yes, I have. I have. Yeah. What's uh, what's Brazil? It's, it's, uh, what's you know, what's I mean, it like there? I mean, I don't know very much about it. We know quite a lot about uh, the DRC. A lot of South Africans who go work in the DRC. Um, is 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 Brazzaville a, a hospitable place? Well, I mean, it certainly is as hospitable. I mean, you know, the Congolese were uh, were colonized by the Belgians in the south by mm. the. Uh, King Leopold, who was probably the cruelest colonizer in in history, absolutely. Uh, and then Brazzaville was the small brother uh, uh, over the r river, and and they keep trying to kind of uh, negate the fact that that's it. The one interesting point Duny Sasu and Gesso did was bring in a bunch of South African, but white South African farmers when things were getting tough for them here, and gave them farms to farm in Brazzaville. So their their output is still quite interesting, and there's still quite a considerable South African community in Congo huh. Brazzaville of farmers well, doing might... a good job for them. Then they've been there for twenty years or more. So you might hear some Afrikaans spoken in Brazzaville, huh? Yeah, yeah, I did. I'm then mean, that's it. I found a star coup near Aisnohi. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we get our information. JJ really is very connected. Yeah. Okay, so. Sudan, I mean, uh, we've had such an ugly story there over the last 25 or more years in Sudan. And it's always been a very, very fractious place, you know, since the days of Gordon of Khartoum. Uh, but Sudan really has had an awful time, especially, uh, you know, the, the, the situation with the refugees. Um, obviously, South Sudan split off as well. So what do we have going on there now? Because... We've all, all those displaced people who are still living in like tent cities over vast parts of the of of, of the Sudanese landscape. What, what what's going on in Sudan? Well, the, the the fighting there between the army and the paramilitaries has led to seven and a half thousand deaths. But worse than that, it has displaced five more than five million people, five point two apparently, oh. and and that makes it the most displaced people internally displaced people on the planet. Now, the fighting hasn't stopped because both sides in that struggle believe they can win. So they say they're going to talk peace, but they have no intention of doing it. They talk about talking peace. They regroup while everybody is wondering about what the negotiations are going to be. But the latest thing is the paramilitaries are attacking the army in the capital, Khartoum. You mentioned Gordon mm -hmm. of Khartoum. Now, his, the place where he was slaughtered. It was one of the great landmarks in, in Khartoum. And mm. you know, I remember walking along the Blue Nile. I might have told the story already, going into this beautiful hotel uh, for a for a well, I couldn't get a drink because you can't it's getting dop there is quite difficult, <laughs> problematic, you know. It's not like it's not like Pakistan where you have to sign a piece of paper saying you're an alcoholic, but you know, that would help. <laughs> 
So I went in, I thought I'll sit on this lovely veranda and have a cup of tea and look at the blue Nile. And this Chinese guy came and said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I've come to sit and have a cup of tea. He said, I don't know how you got into the uh, Chinese petroleum manufacturing company headquarters, but <laughs> you need to leave immediately. Wow. Now they have one of the landmarks in Khartoum was this 18-story glass tower with a with a kind of a steel cage around it, conical glass tower, absolutely beautiful building. I interviewed Tabo Mbeki in that building, hmm. and uh, really is it was a landmark building, and that is now in ashes today because right. it was burned yesterday, along with other uh, landmarks, the tax office, the justice ministry. So the paramilitaries are attacking these landmarks, and and, and what what they're going to leave behind for Khartoum. Uh, it just doesn't bear thinking. Very, very sad what is happening there. JJ, and, you know, you, the you, only reason I stopped talking about Khartoum every week was because of the coups in, in yeah, the other countries. Yeah. Uh, you, you said 5.2 million people have been displaced. That's the entire population in Johannesburg, according to 2019 yes. census. It means if everybody in Joburg found themselves in tents, stretched out in the Karoo or the Kalahari, that's what it would look like. Yeah, and those of us from Pretoria would say, that's a good start. <laughs> well, at least we have a sense of humor on this show, but my God, there's a lot to worry about. Uh, so every every two weeks we get to check in with JJ Cornish. Of course, it's brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School, looking at what happens around the continent. And uh, we do have to bring you some of the, the, the sad news sometimes. This dam in, in Libya, what do we know about that, JJ, just to finish off? Well, very, very sad. I mean, the death toll is uh, the mayor of uh, the, the city said it could be 20,000. I think it's oh. gone over 11,000 now. Well, interesting historical fact, that city was opposed to Muammar Gaddafi. So the brother leader uh, thought, I'll make them pay. And he cut back on all the infrastructural yeah. development there and so on. And so they have been almost a forgotten part donor forgotten part of uh, mm. of libya but they like the earthquake area in in morocco are in a high mountain area and and so the big heavy lifting equipment to to move away the mud and stuff as it cannot get to them oh, but what man. effectively happened was the river came down it broke through the one dam that hasn't been uh, looked after for for two decades broke through it and the force of that river said to be more than the bomb at Hiroshima, more than the atomic oh bomb God. at Hiroshima, then blew through the second dam and, and then took out, you know, the, virtually took out the quarter of the city of Derna. It's a, it's a city of, of uh, just over a million people and uh, a really, really difficult time. But we, so we don't know the death toll. They're pulling bodies out all the time. Yeah. And the aid has been very slow in getting there. It's just sure. as the aid has been very slow in getting to the earthquake victims in Morocco because the Moroccan government has refused to take aid from France. It's getting a bit huffy about their the, the, the bilateral relations. Said, no, we don't need your help. And it's refused to take help from the United Nations. So it has Britain, France, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, uh, train uh, rescue squads from them working there, but many other countries saying, hey, we're ready, willing, waiting to come. Mm. And the Moroccans say, no, don't want you. Well... I'll tell you what, this is a horrible state of affairs. 
But thank you for filling us in. It's always good to uh, check in with you. We, we always appreciate it because you've got these sources that you can call up and they say, Nia, he's not there. <laughs> and you want to find out about a <laughs> coup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, JJ, thank you so much. Jean-Jacques Cornish, everybody, and African Analysis brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School every second week right here on cliffcentral.com. It's good to know this stuff. This is our neighborhood. We need to know what's happening. Cliffcentral.com.